Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. So this is a fun one because we have my friend, Carol Markowitz, my fellow Floridian. One of the beautiful things about having moved down to Florida is a a lot of conservatives moved down to Florida. A lot of conservatives in the media have moved down to Florida. So I've been able to get to know a lot of really cool people down here and and kind of form, you know, this group of fellow Republican media types. And Carol is one of them. We've become really good friends. She's so smart. You have to read her columns in the New York Post. She also writes for Fox News as well. You see her on TV quite a bit. And she really stood so strong during COVID because she's a mother of three and she saw what was happening to her kids in New York City schools. And she said, you know what? I've had enough. I'm tired of the masking. I'm tired of the treatment of kids, you know, not allowing kids to be able to go into schools. And so she really spoke out a lot about it, wrote a lot of columns, went on TV talking about really trying to draw attention to the fact that What was happening to kids there and and so many other places around the country was wrong. That was really why she ended up moving her family, her and her husband and her three kids to Florida of seeking normalcy for her kids, just seeking a different environment. Uh, So she she writes a lot about that as well. So we're going to get into a whole host of issues talking about that move, sort of what seems like this war on children that's happening in the country, why the left seems to hate the idea of marriage so much, the idea of having children so much. She, she recently wrote a column about these climate zealots that are encouraging people not to have kids. So we're going to get into that. Also, some of the cultural rot that is happening in the country. She immigrated here. Her family immigrated here from the Soviet Union. So also talking about from her perspective, are we still free? as a country. So much to get into and also just fun for me to have a friend, uh, a friend I deeply respect and, and love on the show as well. So tune in, Carol Markowitz. Carol Markowitz, awesome to have you on. We are friends. And you're awesome. And one of the beautiful things about living in Florida is the fact that we've become friends and that we've met. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, becoming friends with Lisa Booth right up there for like the top things to happen to me in the last year. (laughs) 
Although, wouldn't that be hilarious if I was like, we're friends? And you're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we now? <laughs> I've yeah, only I met you a handful of times. I would be really sad. I'm like, yeah, we're such good friends. And you're like, eh. <laughs> no, we are legitimately friends. You are one of my favorite people and really a, a highlight of the last year. Seriously. Well, I feel the same about you. And we are so lucky to be Floridians. But I know the move here was a big one for you because you grew up in Brooklyn. So you are like a New Yorker through and through. Talk a little bit about the decision making behind that and why you decided to pull the trigger. Yeah. So it's really for my kids. Uh, we have three kids. And I think all the time that like if we didn't have kids, maybe we would have just struggled through living in New York. We thought that New York was in a really bad state because of COVID, uh, because of COVID restrictions, not because of COVID, the virus, because of the stupid ways that they reacted to the virus. And it was a really hard place to live. Um, I didn't see that my kids' lives were going to become more normal in the future. And I, I, I feel like even though, for example, they dropped masking in schools, it's still the case. I still hear from people all the time in New York who say, I haven't been inside my child's classroom. Meanwhile, we got here in January and I was in my kid's classroom like a few weeks later. And it was such a shock to my system because I had forgotten that this is what normal life is like. You go to your kid's classroom, you read the kids, the kids a book. Um, that's unheard of in so many places around the country still and in places like New York. So we got out to save our kids' childhoods and to give them a normal life. Well, I'm glad you differentiated between saying, no, it wasn't COVID. It was the policies because you've got all these people. You, like, Carol, you've got all these people in charge and they're like, oh, yeah, COVID did this to you. And it's like, no, you did. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no, it was you. <laughs> and I think there's also a distinction in New York um, between like the people people who stayed in 2020, like the people who got out in like March, 2020, April, 2020, who were like afraid of the virus. That wasn't us. We were not the people that got out in 2020 because we were afraid of the virus. We got out, you know, it, it took until 2022 to make a permanent move, but we actually did like a Florida test run in 2021 where we uh, lived in an area called Palm Beach Gardens, which I'd never even heard of before. We literally looked up like best public schools in Florida that were open at the time and the New York schools were not and moved our kids down for five months to give them, again, some sense of normalcy. Um, so, you know, we were the ones who got out because the restrictions did not end, not because of the sirens at night or um, because we were afraid or because we lived in a small space or any of those reasons that people left early on in the pandemic. What kind of impact has moving to Florida had on your kids? Oh, yeah, they're like blossoming. I mean, it's really amazing to watch. And it was hard. You know, I, I, I don't like to give people the illusion that, oh, it was so super easy. We just moved and everybody was thrilled. No, my older two really struggled with it because they were, you know, already had kind of their lives established in Brooklyn. My older one, um, my daughter, she was already like leaving the house and going to the like prospect park and like getting dumplings with her friends and like just living like a preteen existence where she had a lot of freedom and she had a, a group of friends. And my middle son also had made, you know, he already had close friends and he didn't want to leave them. Um, my youngest was like Florida man since day one. He got here. Everybody plays all the sports. He plays all the sports. He couldn't be happier, but it took a while for the older two to adjust. And so it, it really was a few months in that we started to see 
a real change in them and how happy they are and how normal their lives are and how, how much less I have to worry about so many things. I mean, I still worry, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think like Florida has no wokeness in their schools, but they have so much less. And it's like so many things that, you know, governor DeSantis has implemented in schools has helped so much where I don't have to be concerned that my first grader is going to have gender ideology pushed on him. And so small better changes have made such a difference. And I was losing sleep. I really was in New York about what kind of childhood my friends were, my, my kids were going to have and moving them to Florida. I sleep so much better. Well, and it's like, we're so lucky because Florida just, it still seems normal, right? Like in a time where like the rest of the country seems to be on fire and there's chaos and, you know, crazy way of thinking it just like, it, it's just a place of normalcy. Yeah. The the normalcy is like something it's impossible to describe to people who just have not had it. And I was one of those people who had really never had normal life before. Like, I mean, something silly, but like we moved. Um, so we, we got to Florida and we rented and then we bought um, and then we finally moved in in August. And like neighbors on both sides of us have brought us over food. I, I mean, that has never happened to me in New York City. I mean, it, you know, I always said New Yorkers were great and they were really good people. And it wasn't like I, you know, I, I, I never thought New Yorkers were bad, but it's kind of a, a complete different thing here where your neighbors will like greet you with, you know, muffins when you move into the neighborhood. That that has never happened to me before. And you look at what's happened to children during all this, particularly COVID. It, children have really bared the brunt of a lot of it in, in terms of being not able to go to schools, having to force masks, missing those like development milestones, falling behind in school, like forcing vaccines on them. And then, you know, I know you've recently written about some climate zealots who are encouraging people not to have ch children. It, it almost seems like kids are under attack in America. Why is that? That's absolutely right. And and I think we need to be so on guard for that because that is what's happening. Um, I, and I don't say this lightly. I, I really, I've looked into this so much and it's, it really is a targeting of children and family that is unprecedented in this country. And I think we need to take it really seriously. I mean, the climate uh, column that you mentioned, it, these Climate zealots are saying don't have too many kids because they're bad for the environment. And meanwhile, you know, they're taking vacations on airplanes. You know that they're air conditioning in their house. You know, they're probably flying private for all we know. Um, and then they're living their lives and they're saying to, to us, you know, don't have kids. Well, you know, why don't you limit the way that you're living instead of limiting how many people we make? And when they say that, it's always they always have children. It's always like they, they themselves have one child and they've decided that's the right amount and you shouldn't have any more. Um, so I, I see all of this as one thing, as an attack on just the idea of family and on American children. I know you'd recently tweeted about uh, your son wanting to do a YouTube channel, teaching other kids about history, which is so sweet and innocent. Um, but like we do live in this weird social media age. So how hard is it to navigate that as a parent and you know, just this, this age that we live in. So it's funny because my, my daughter, I'm much less worried about her, even though she's the preteen. Um, and I, she's the one that I think, you know, I should be worried about with social media, but she's got such a good head on her shoulders. And I really just 
don't see she's not that interested in social media she kind of sees it as something like us olds do um so so right right there she's not that interested but the middle son um the one that you mentioned he's really into history and he's nine years old he doesn't have a, a, an outlet for it so he hasn't met other kids who are like want to talk about napoleon and I feel for him and he's like the internet it's right there and I can meet all these people and I could I could have these conversations with other kids and it's scary because I, I want it for him I want to give him this outlet but I know I know the damage that this causes so it has been a point of you know contention in our house where we haven't let him do it we haven't let him start this youtube channel he keeps saying like oh it'll just be my voice it won't be you know a no video or anything like that not his real name or anything like that um but still i haven't been able to let him pull the trigger on it because i know what's out there right i know the kind of hateful comments that um i get or other people get and i don't want my nine-year-old exposed to that so it's been it's been a balancing act you want to let them use the internet that that will let them kind of like discover a whole new world but also want to protect them from it you know part of me is like oh that's so sweet you know it, it's it's challenging uh you know but what's weird though is there really is you know we kind of talked about the war on on kids but really like this war on marriage, this war on family. Why do you, why is the left so opposed to marriage and, and, and children and, and having a family? I really think it's a, it's a sense of control. So I, you know, I was born in the Soviet union and one of the things you weren't allowed to have obviously in the Soviet union was religion. And it's, it's because if you have something else that you turn to, if you have the, your family that you turn to, the state can't be first. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's really not crazy. Like they, there is an authoritarian streak through the left where they want you to focus on the state and they want you to belong to the state. So I, I really do think that the family interferes with that and children interfere with that because, you know, a, a good you know, subject will not have anything above the state. And that's what, you know, totalitarianism means, nothing above the state. And you can't be that if you're a mother and you can't be that if you're married because you put other people first. And so I, I really believe that's why I think that the people who have, um, you know, families or relationships are harder to control. And all of that is a way of limiting um, how many people we, we associate with outside of the, the prescribed state, you know, apparatus. <laughs> and Carol, I don't have kids and I'm not married. And I'm very hard to control. So you, can you imagine me with children? In a <laughs> God, oh, I know. God help us all. You know. <laughs> but also, I, you know, I, I am, I am on the lookout for a, a good match for Lisa Booth because I think you are phenomenal and I would love to see you married with children. I think you're going to be an incredible wife and an amazing mother. I need to find a very patient man. So, <laughs> you know, we're taking applications, guys. <laughs> so you know, you talked about uh, you know I know your your family you guys celebrate uh, when you immigrated here to the United States uh, your Ameriversi where I'm trying to find I have a rinda what's the date oh July twentieth July twentieth yeah, Ameriversi yes. yeah <laughs> July twentieth that's right and looking at sort of where we are now with what happened during COVID also what we're learning with the Twitter files about this sort of collusion between government and big tech to silence uh, speech. In America, like how, you know, having your perspective of having come here, how free are we as a country? So do you remember a few years ago where that story broke, how the IRS was, you know, um, how the government was using the IRS to target conservative groups that they don't like? 
that was such a moment in my Russian community. And I say Russian, but it's actually just, it's all the ex-Soviet republics. I know you don't say you're just Russian anymore. Like, um, yeah. most of my community were probably from Ukraine or Belarus or, you know, Kazakhstan or any of the ex-Soviet republics. Um, so my community heard that story and they were like, well, obviously, obviously they're using the IRS to target um, people they don't like. That makes so much sense. That's clearly what's happening here. And so it seems so um, obvious to them. And yet, like Americans, they're, you know, very upset about it. They're obviously conservative Americans more so than anybody else. And they were shocked at that kind of behavior. And it's like, how much less shocked are we today? How much less shocked are we that the FBI was paying Twitter um, to be able to kind of operate however they wanted to? And it's sad and it's really scary to watch America go down this path. I still think we are the greatest hope for the world. I really do. I think there's nowhere else even comparable. And whenever I think about, whenever anybody says, oh, America's over or America's, you know, just forget it, it's done. I always think like there's nowhere else to go. So we have to fight these people here. We have to fight for this country here and we have to win because again, there's no plan B. There's no other country where we can be like, Oh, well there, they, they will treat us fairly and they will, you know, be somewhere that we can live. There's nowhere else for us to go. Lisa, we got to fight for it here. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Carol, I was reading this story and we covered it when I was on uh, Fox over the weekend of these students at this private university who are occupying a campus building demanding that they're given all A's. And it, it just kind of speaks to this broader 
you know, cultural rut that we're facing in the country, like this lack of consequences, this desire to have everything for free, just, you know, just this broader cultural rot that I, I think we're all feeling as Americans right now. How do we fix that? So it has to start at home. I, I can't imagine my children demanding an A for something that they didn't deserve. I cannot picture that at all. Um, but, you know, it, it it is, again, back to Florida, I, I have seen a difference in the way kids are treated in Florida in schools than they are, say, in New York. Um, like something simple like uh, my daughter was chosen last year to take algebra in uh, seventh grade, which is rare. And she was presented with this like invitation in the middle of class, her and a couple of other kids. And I just feel like in New York, it would have been like, well, it would be sent quietly to the parents. So nobody's feelings got hurt. And you kind of have to start that, that feeling of like not succeeding and that being okay early. I think kids need to understand that if you work hard, you will succeed at these things. And if you don't, then you won't. Um, and that not everybody wins and not everybody wins all the time at everything. So I love the idea, and maybe this exists in other places. I only have Florida and New York to compare it to. Um, but I love the idea of kids kind of seeing who um, wins a prize in class or who has succeeded in you know, math or in science or something like that and, and, and wins kind of recognition for that because that will lead to understanding and being accepting of the fact that not everybody wins. And this participation trophy era that we are going through needs to end and we need to move on to um, rewarding actual success. Well, I still remember like when I was learning to ride a bike, my grandfather who's now passed uh, taught me and he's like a World War II guy, like Navy, you know, tough as nails, grew up poor, pulled himself up from the bootstraps type, type guy. And I fell off and was like profusely bleeding. And he like made me get on the bike and like continue to learn how to, you know, he was just like, suck it up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I, I feel like we need, right. we need a little bit more of that of just, uh, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. You just have to get over it and you have to move on. Resiliency is so important. Um, I think that, you know, kids are not taught how to be resilient or how to receive bad news or bad information. I just feel like they collapse when they do. And that is so damaging. It's just, we're raising a generation that can't handle anything negative happening to them. And it's just, there's so many memes and jokes about this where, you know, a generation Z person will say that they like took to their bed after they like got criticized at work, like a little bit. We can't live like that. We can't let this go on. Like resiliency is so important and teaching kids resilience has to be at like a top priority for us as a culture. Well, you know, and I worry we're going to end up with surgeons who don't really know how to perform surgery or, you know, and, and like pilots that don't know how to fly. And you know what I mean? Because it, it, yeah, but, there's, but, but they fit like the hiring standards, right? Like they, we, they needed a woman, so they got a woman. And now, you, you know, hopefully she knows what she's doing, but maybe she doesn't. Well, I should have really cashed in when being a woman was like all the rage. You know what I mean? Well, now it's like we can't even define <laughs> it. So, you know, like now, right. now that, that ship kind of sailed, but there right. was like during the Me Too stuff, I should have just really been like, I am woman, hear me war, give me an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like that was the time to strike. And uh, that Yeah, ship you missed sailed. the boat. Now women are the worst. <laughs> well, it, well, like if we even define them, right? Now we're in this like chaotic right. uh, place where... They, they can't even tell us what a woman is or what a man is. It's very bizarre. It's amazing. I mean, cis women, obviously the, the rock bottom worse. Everybody else is like second worst to that. Yeah. So I'm definitely on the, the bottom, uh, you know, of no, <laughs> no respect. First of all, how awesome is Governor DeSantis? 
Yeah, he's pretty good, that guy, huh? Like, I, I've never lived anywhere that I was, like, proud of my leadership before. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been amazing watching him in action. Um, it's, I'm, I'm proud of my governor. I, I'm proud of the state that he has steered and the, the work that he has done. And I, you know, I feel very thankful, very, very thankful to live in such a sane place because of him. Well, he's also just brave and, and bold, which in a time of cowardice, you know, like why, you know, we look at Republicans, especially on Capitol Hill, constantly selling out their base, selling out conservatives. Why do you think Republicans, even more than the left sometimes, seems to be, you know, full of a lot of cowards? Oh, what a good question. Um, so I think there's a lot of things going on. But one of the main things is that the corporate media is mostly on the left and they love seeing their name in print and they want to be liked. And it's just it's the kind of person that gets into politics tends to like flattery and the, me the media will give it to you if you do what they want and they won't give it to you if you don't. So I, I really think those two things are intertwined. The idea that um, these Republican politicians are looking for approval from a media that largely despises them um, and they just won't accept that. They have to keep fighting for that positive mention in the New York Times or in the Washington Post. And it's hard to watch because I think it betrays us in so many ways. And I, I would love to see more bravery. I mean, one of the main things for me uh, with this new house is I really want to see hearings about COVID-19 response, but I feel like Republicans are just not going to go for it. They're not going to do it. And they're not going to hold people like Anthony Fauci accountable. And so when you talk about Ron DeSantis' bravery, if he were in the house, you could see him confronting Fauci, right? You could see the kind of questions he would ask that would be smart and pointed and, and really get to the bottom of things. But we just, we don't have that kind of leadership in a lot of Congress and it's disappointing. It is disappointing. And you had mentioned the media and, you know, one of the pillars, obviously, to living in a free society, if the, the most important, which is why the First Amendment is first, is the ability to, to speak freely, the ability to you know, have a, a free flow of of information. And we have a media that is really sort of engaging in a behavior that we see in like communist countries or authoritarian countries where there isn't this questioning of authority there. You know, they're basically just propagandists. How what kind of impact do you think that's having on the country and how concerned does that make you? It's one of my top concerns. Um, I, I just think that the way that conservatives deal with the media is all wrong. Like we, we are conservative media because we are conservatives in the media, but then they're not the liberal media or they're not the leftist media. I, I actually like using liberal media, even though I know like when I, when I use it, people say like, oh, they're not liberal. You know, liberalism is something else. It's like, okay, but people know what I'm saying when I say liberal media, they're activists for the left. And I, I think that, that they need to be defined as such all the time. Uh, there was that piece recently in Semaphore about um, Governor DeSantis not sitting down with unfriendly press outlets. Well, good. Why should he? Why should he sit down with The View? Why should he sit down with any of these people who clearly hate him and want to destroy him and give them an interview? For what? Um, so I think that Republicans and, you know, in specifically, but conservatives in general need to have a different outlook on this media and they need to not treat them. They need, not, need to not get so excited when when the media is on their side briefly about something or uh, they know they need to, to, when they highlight that the New York Times like agreed with something that 
people on the right have been saying all along. It's just, it gives them more power and it makes them seem like they're, they're the, you know, arbiters of truth and they really, really aren't. And this is a, a huge issue for our country that the media that, is supposed to be unbiased is not just biased they're deeply biased they're activists they are the liberal media and they have a perspective and they're trying to push an agenda and we need to stop listening to them well, i mean that's the thing is it's all you know agenda driven and it, it, it's not rooted in the truth and there's also like no interest in getting to the truth as we saw during covid everyone was just pushing the same narrative without question uh so it is sort of a scary time that we're in. And then also, you know, now there have also been trying to chip away at the Second Amendment, which is also concerning. The Second Amendment, though, I feel like I feel like things have shifted in the country. I think like the George Floyd riots were, were a major shift of this. But I think like I keep seeing and especially I see this a lot in my own Jewish community um, where I feel like gun ownership and gun rights have become a, such a, a mainstream for everybody issue. And I think it has so much more support now than it ever did before. So the media might be trying to dial it back, but it's too late that, you know, the horse has left the barn and Americans have realized that gun ownership is a good thing for them. Why do you think, you know, I think a lot of us, uh, or I know I was, uh, you know, overly confident heading into the the midterm elections. I like to joke around that I got out of the political prognosticating game uh, after this last midterm elections. (laughs) Was it the mail and ballot thing? Was it messaging? Why did uh, we end up coming up short when it comes to the Senate? Um, so I know, you know, you and I are on a, on a group chat where we talk about this so much. So, um, I, the races were really close. They could have gone either way, but I think that one of the things that I saw coming that I thought was a problem was that a lot of the candidates were running on biography. And if I could send a message to all Republican politicos out there, biography never wins, never wins. Nobody cares who you are. Like, fantastic. You have an amazing life story. Great. That's not going to win you an election. That does not win. It's like, what are you going to do? So like Dr. Oz, I mean, I actually thought he was not a bad candidate. Um, I know that a lot of people didn't like him. He's sort of um, a more liberal Republican. And then he had Trump endorse him. And so the people who hate Trump hated him. And it's, you know, whatever. But he was running so hard on who he is that I really didn't know what he was going to do. And that should have been a walk. Like that should have been a race that was easily won. Um, Blake Masters, I think, is fantastic. I really think he's really great. But again, a lot of biography, a lot of like who he is instead of what he will do. Um, So I, I saw a lot of this coming where I didn't like the way the campaigns were being run and it's hard to criticize the candidates in the moment, but I did. I I tweeted about this um, at the time saying like, I, I don't see, I don't see not, not issues, issues. They, they would talk about the issues. Yes. But what are you going to do? Why should the person leave their house and go vote for you? So that's one thing. I think that the biography overwhelmed um, a lot of the action. But then the second thing is that the Democrats have become these expert ballot harvesters in places like Arizona. And unless Republicans want to keep losing, they have to catch up with that. There's no other option. Making it illegal would be fantastic. I, I think that ballot harvesting should be illegal. Um, but it's not, it's not illegal. So unless we're going to, unless Republicans are going to fight to make it illegal and, and take that on and really do something about it, 
and win, which is going to be a tough thing. They need to just get in on the game. Um, there's so many options for Republicans to do exactly the same kind of ballot harvesting that the Democrats have been doing. And we need to get over the idea that elections only happen on one day because they're not happening that way in so many places across the country where Republicans need to win. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It's sad, but it's almost an acceptance of we don't have fair elections anymore in terms of like the system is rigged against us. I mean, we saw what Democrats did in 2020 with mail-in ballots. We see the FBI colluding with big tech to try to silence conservatives and to censor information that the public sees before the 2020 election. So it's almost like we have no room for error. I mean, like you're essentially fighting a fight with one arm tied behind your back. You know, we've got the media against us. It's like we have to almost be perfect in our execution to win now. Right. But I I think Republicans need to internalize that and just go do it because they like the more the party complains about how things are stacked against them. And they are. You're absolutely right. Um, But that won't win. And so if the point is to win, they have to just jump in and behave the same way. It sucks. It does. You know, it's like you want elections to be run fairly and in in a specific way, the way that, you know, showing ID and only voting on one day and et cetera, and not having all these ways like mail-in ballots, which are so easily corrupted. Um, But it's not that that again, that ship has sailed and it's like Republicans have to just accept that and and behave accordingly. They have to fight back accordingly. Otherwise, they're going to keep losing. And it's getting to where you don't want the Democrats to have an even bigger advantage if you don't kind of get into this game now. 
also worry about underestimating uh, Joe Biden because, you know, we, we are fighting a fight with one arm behind our back and he was able to hide in the basement ahead of the 2020 election in a way that no Republican could ever do. So, you know, I, I worry about, uh, you know, obviously it's a shit show and he's crazy and dumb and a liar and, you know, all these different things. But, you know, it, it's it's a tougher fight now. Yeah, look, I, I, I've been unpopular at parties for the last two years where people are like, who do you think is going to win in 2024? And I say Joe Biden because I don't see, you know, I, I don't see what changes on the ground. I don't see the changes that Republicans are making uh, to make a, a Republican candidate possible. Um, you know, I, I would love to say that, oh, uh, Ron DeSantis will be able to uh, overcome these deficiencies that the Republican Party has kind of forced in these states. But I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily possible for the next election. I'd love to see the Republican Party get up you know, off its ass, because I know we're a lot of use ass here um, and and get to work and get to work and, and go fight. No, I said shit show. So but I the times I have cursed, I hear it. Right. I, Sorry, I, I, I'm a I bad leader. Your Don't do that, Carol. <laughs> that was your first mistake. <laughs> I hope that uh, we approach 2024 uh, differently. And I know that, you know, Hermie Dillon is running for our future woman. And uh, I, I think that, you know, there, there do need to be some changes in the Republican Party in terms of leadership and the way that our ground game works and, and just how we approach elections. Yeah, I think the ground game is number one priority for the party leadership to work on. Um, and, I, it, you know, so much of its personality, like who's with who, Rona is with Trump, this one's with this one. It's just like, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like, who could get the job done? Who could get the most votes into the box at the end of the election day. And that's really what we're looking for here. We're not like trying to reinvent the wheel. It's like who can get the people to the polls. And um, I don't know. I, I think the idea is that anybody who hasn't been able to do it thus far probably can't do it going forward. So maybe time for somebody new. And don't make it a personality thing. It doesn't mean you have to hate these people. It doesn't mean you have to align with these people versus those people. I find all of that really ridiculous. I think we need to just get somebody in who can win. Also, just like extremely disciplined in execution because the game has changed. I mean, you've worked in politics like you used to be able to with a candidate. You could change the momentum of an election. Like, for instance, that awful debate with John Fetterman, where he said goodnight before the debate started, would have in the past reshaped an election. However, at that point, more than half of the mail-in ballots had already been sent in. So it, it's it's almost impossible to change. It's, it's basically just trying to drive out ballots as early as you can. Right. And also, I just feel like the party needs to be more nimble. Like one of the things that happened, um, you know, recently or like I think it happened right before the election. Um, but Chuck Schumer said that we need to legalize every single illegal immigrant that's in the country, not just like dreamers or something, but everybody who's here illegally that should have been a 24 7 you know ad from the rnc okay maybe you're out of money for tv put it on the internet make it run on every you know page that anybody comes across i think people just need to hear like look here's the Senate majority leader saying that he wants to legalize every single person who's in the country illegally. John Fetterman is a vote for this. Do you want this? And I think that it just, they're not nimble enough. They're, they do, they cannot respond quickly enough to changes or news that happens. And that was a big one for me where I thought th this could have been something. And the fact that it, they, they just didn't do anything on it. And the fact that like, 
again, what did Dr. Oz stand for? What was his pitch? I, I, I follow politics very closely and I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there was a lack of messaging for, you know, a lot of candidates. And, and I think too, like one thing that I do think uh, that makes DeSantis successful here in Florida is that, you know, that he believes what he says, and I think the problem with a lot of candidates today in the Republican Party is like, I don't even know if they know what they believe. You know what I mean? Right. They can't they can't verbalize what it is they're going to do. And if they can't, then nobody believes them. Nobody believes somebody who can't like state specifically what they what they're for and what they believe. It's just it's it's a pro- you know when we talk about like a problem of candidates it's not just that it's like you can have a good candidate you can have somebody that looks good or sounds good or whatever but if they're not kind of true if they don't really believe what they're saying if they're just running for some you know extra reason uh, that isn't like they want to fight for their beliefs it's really hard to win um i i have never seen a candidate win who kind of wasn't like really true to themselves. And I had, you know, I worked for candidates who were like, I, I'd say, what's your education platform? And they'd be like, I don't know, write me one. And those candidates do not win. They just don't. Well, even with TV, I met with uh, Roger Ailes like forever ago. And he told me that like authenticity is everything. And, you know, in, in media, like people, everything. yeah, like people need to know that you are the same person in front of a microphone that you are behind it, you know, like, or when you're off the mic, you know, it's like you you just, people need to know that you are who you say you are. Exactly. And for candidates that goes just doubly. So like people get really invested in politics and they, you know, come to see this person that's running as, you know, not not a friend, but close. And they need to believe that you are who you say you are. And again, voting it's getting easier now, obviously, with all this ballot harvesting and mail-in voting. But it's it, it's it's leaving your house, going somewhere, waiting on a line, like doing it, believing that it matters. And if it does matter, then then people will do it. But you need to you need to give them that that thing to hold on to to show that it it will matter. It does matter. I will do something with this vote that you're giving me, Carol. I love you, my friend. Anything else you want to leave us with before we go? Lisa Booth is the best. I'm taking applications for very nice, young, eligible men. Please send them my way. I will, I will, uh, you know, sift through them and, and pass the good ones on to my Lisa. Well, I appreciate that. You're a good friend. I appreciate you <laughs> joining the show. Love you. Uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. Love you too. That was my friend, Carol Markowitz. Uh, You can find her work in the New York Post. She has a column there. She writes about a bunch of smart things, uh, politics, family, children. The list goes on and and that column's in the New York Post. She also writes for Fox News and you can see her on TV quite a bit as well. I want to thank you guys at home for listening as always every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the podcast together. Leave us a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I love reading those. Until next time. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Lisa. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.